Good morning, City Church. This is Trevor with City Church Together. Today is Tuesday, July 21st. Um, Today, we are going to be in the book of Revelation. Uh, Careful, there is only one of them. So it's not Revelations, it's merely Revelation. Um, So we're going to be in Revelation chapter 16 today, if you'd like to follow along. Um, If you're driving, just listen. Um, but Revelation 16, and I'm just going to read, uh, I'm just going to read, uh, one verses one through 11. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go and pour out seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first went and poured out his bowl on the earth and severely painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshiped its image. The second poured out his bowl into the sea. It turned to blood like that of a dead person, and all life in the sea died. The third poured out his bowl into the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water say, You are just the Holy One who is and who was because you have passed judgment on these things because they poured out the blood of the saints and the prophets. You have given them the blood to drink. They deserve it. I heard the altar say, yes, Lord God, the almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth poured out his bowl on the sun and it was allowed to scorch people with fire and people were scorched by the intense heat. So they blasphemed the name of God who has the power over these plagues and they did not repent and give him glory. The fifth poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and its kingdom was plunged into darkness People gnawed their tongues because of their pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but they did not repent of their works. And that is the word of the Lord from Revelation 16. Um, This is certainly an apocalyptic passage um, as well as, you know, it's not not exactly the passage that um, you would have printed on a t-shirt and or bumper sticker um and it doesn't it doesn't carry a uplifting message if you will um the reason i bring it to your attention today is i've decided today to unveil all of the mysteries of revelation i will reveal to you today who has taken the mark of the beast and who the antichrist is no i'm not going to do that um because I don't think that's what Revelation is calling us to do. The book of Revelation is calling us to, uh, it's, it's revealing to us um, Jesus, Jesus's ultimate triumph over evil, um, probably, probably um, located first in, um, in first century uh, uh, empire, and then in uh, and then there are, are wisdom applications um, of the way that that Jesus seeks to dismantle um, those uh, evil empires over his people uh, moving forward. Um, but today I just want to point out a part of Revelation 16. There were a couple of phrases in here that came up about repentance and considering our um, uh, conversation last week about hell. Um, I thought this was this was helpful to uh, give us another dimension of the the nature of repentance and what it has to do with 
um, hell and judgment and justice, okay? The first thing I want you to notice is that in this passage, um, this passage, we are talking about justice, okay? However controversial and whatever you want to say about what metaphor is used here and what's, what's actual and what is metaphor and what exactly that metaphor is pointing to, I'm not going to get into today, but the fact is, is that there are these angels presented that poured out these bowls on the earth that represent the judgment of God on um, particularly the empires um, that have been raised up against God and against the people of God. And you have this curious sort of phrase after some really not very nice things happening, water turning to blood, painful sores are all over people. And when the water of the springs of water and rivers, um, when they become blood after the third bowl is poured out, um, verse five says, John, the revelator writes, I heard the angel of the water say, and listen, this is what he says to God describing his character. You are just the Holy one who is and who was because you have passed judgment on these things because they poured, in other words, the evil of the empire that is over, um, that has been, um, persecuting God's people, um, so continuing on, because they poured out the blood of the saints and the prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, they deserve it. And I heard the altar say, yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgment. So this passage is clearly about the justice of God. That's what the angel reiterates, is that God is being just, even in all of these harsh judgments that sound just absolutely Um, not nice to us, and they are not nice, the angel reaffirms God's justice. No, you are just in doing this. This is what they deserve because they were bloodthirsty. They acted against you, God. They acted against your people, and therefore, they are receiving their just desserts. Okay, now, let's move now into the fourth and fifth bowl, okay? It's like the month of December. There's so many bowls going on, all right? Football joke. Y'all remember football? Okay. The fourth poured out his bowl in the sun. It was allowed to scorch people with fire, and people were scorched by the intense heat. So listen to this. So they blaspheme the name of God who has the power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. So remember that question that we asked last week of the rich man and Lazarus and like, um, why doesn't God give the rich man a chance? Why isn't in hell he finally say, oh, and remember we saw in the rich man that there was no repentance in him. Even in the torment that he was in, it's not that he desired to be with Father Abraham, is that he wanted comfort, he wanted release, he wanted relief. But he was committed to who he was. And we see the exact same thing here. Now look at the fifth bowl. The fifth poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues because of their pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but they did not repent of their works. In other words, they are so committed to, using the rich man now, their new identity their new godless identity, that not even the pain of these plagues will bring them to repentance. That is, 
just a, that's another layer that is showing us and telling us that people do not go kicking and screaming to hell. They go absolutely 100% committed to their identity as opposed to God. What do we do about that? And in what direction should this text have us pray today? Well, as always, when I read a text about the judgment of God, the first thing that I want to do is I want to ask the same thing that the disciples did at the Last Supper when Jesus talked about betrayal. Remember what they said? Is it I? Is it I, Lord? Am I the one? Am I a part of this blasphemous empire? Uh, am I a part of uh, Am I a part of a a system that's working that's hurting other people that I don't see or don't know I'm complicit in? Um, how am I blaspheming you, God? How am I leading others to blaspheme you? That's the first thing we do with a passage like this, because often we read ourselves into the story of the persecuted and not into the story of the persecutor. That's Disney princess theology. I'm always the princess. I'm never the evil one. I'm always the, I'm always the good guy, never the bad guy. And so the first thing I do is ask, is it I, Lord? Even in all of the wake-up call that you may be sending into my life to repent, am I so committed to my identity that all I do is get angry at you and others and dig my heels deeper into this identity that's set apart from you? Is it I, Lord? The second thing we ask is this. second thing we ask in, in all of this is, Where do I need to help people that I love and my enemies see their need for repentance and their need for God before they are in a place where they are so committed to their identity against God that they are numb to it and even excruciating amounts of pain that comes into their life because of their commitment to a God-separated identity that repentance is just out of their grasp. So who are the people in your life that you need to take the good news of Jesus to, the grace of Jesus to, and beg them to repent? Let's play in those two directions today as a church. First, is it I, Lord? Am I the one that, am I complicit in sort of this, um, in in hurting others? Am I complicit in sinning against others and against you? Am I complicit in setting up systems and structures? Or even if it's in just in my household, am I complicit in sinning against you? Am I complicit? Am I the one setting up a godless identity? God, help me to see it now and repent of it and trust you. Give me the faith I need to repent and let repentance lead into more faith. And then the second way again, is God, will you show me where the people, there are people in my life that I need to go to as an ambassador of Jesus Christ with the gospel of Jesus Christ and say, preach the gospel of the kingdom. This is a king you want to worship. This is a king you want to follow. He's worth it. Repent and trust him. Let's pray in that direction today after a moment of silence.
Our Father, bowls of destruction are not our favorite topic. Um, This is a passage that I would rather not be in the Bible because it's so problematic because of how much it shows your wrath against our sin. And yet we all cry out for justice. We all want a just guy. I mean, a just God. We want a just guy too, but we want a just God more than we want to be a just guy. We want a just God. We want, we, we inherently can watch people do things and say, I know what that person deserves, but it's interesting when the mirror is turned on us, we want your grace and we want your mercy and we want your patience. Or we want to blame shift and say, that's not really me. That's something else or someone else. Heavenly Father, right now, as your people, the people of City Church ask the question, is it I, am I the one who has raised myself up against you? Will you answer? Give them an honest look at themselves and show them that Father from Luke 15 who runs out even to the older son who refuses to celebrate a sinner come home, that you are ready to go out to them today to forgive them and to welcome them in. And then, Father, give us a vision today as City Church for our friends, our neighbors, our family, our enemies, in whatever capacity they come against us is the competition in the office or sometimes our children, sometimes our parents, sometimes brothers and sisters in the church or in our families. Our friends, our loved ones, our enemies, Father, they need this message. Will you make City Church your mouthpiece of repentance that comes from a spot of humility and not from a spot of self-righteousness? Heavenly Father, let us to call, lead us to call people to repent and have faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, because we have seen how much we've needed it. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to forgive. Thank you for your faithfulness to call people to you. And now we trust that you will use us in this process of new birth in others' lives. In Jesus' name, amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.